0: hi Hi, kyle hi everyone welcome to how to draw without dying the show for artists who struggle i'm jer i'm a software engineer who's been drawing comics since he was seven and i'm kyle i'm a writer and artist with a flair for the melancholy and we're here to talk about making art and enjoying art especially indie art here in the modern world which is tough it's very difficult it's challenging we are recording this live at my uh twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash ironoki where we will be drawing and uh, occasionally visited by my kitty cat Gangro methuselah and uh, if you feel like joining the conversation being part of the show seeing it live uh, that's where to find it uh kyle what are you drawing tonight i'm working on my horror comic of the light i am working on my fantasy comic wild azaleas Welcome back to that. (laughs) It's actually been like part of um, the better part of a year. I guess it has. It's been actually a very long time since I've put a pen to paper on my project because I I kind of ran out of steam and then I took up some other stuff to keep doing art and then I spent six months working on an app and thinking about very little other else other than that, but that is now at a prototype, and I am finally ready to draw another dang page of my uh fantasy love story with bounty hunters, Wild Azalea's. <sighs> it's it's um I'm gonna make the first mark on the page right now. Fantastic Tonight's topic is managing expectations. Uh the expectations you have for your art. Uh, Kyle, I I don't want to speak for you, but I I believe that this is actually something that you and I are pretty good at. Yeah, I think we also have very different approaches to it, I'd Uh, say. Oh, yeah. When I'm talking to new artists, this is a very common struggle. Like, Mm -hmm. why... Why am I bothering? This is so much work. This is so much energy. This is so much effort. What? What? What is this all for? What? 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 What did I get out of this? And I really want to focus on that tonight. So I want to start us with a question. And I am known for asking joke questions to start a conversation. This one I actually do mean seriously. So to start, Kyle, when you make art, what do you expect from it?
1: Um, at absolute minimum, I have a thing inside me and I would like it to be outside of me now. And I expect at least that will happen.
0: <laughs> I like that for me. It, it, very similar, actually, uh, I have, definitely have something in my brain and I wanted to get out and I expect it to I expect to make what I set out to make. Mm-hmm. I, I expect to, like, put my pen on the paper and create the thing that I intended to create. And the other expectation I have, like, you know, because you're you're putting energy into this, you're putting effort, and so you kind of want to get, I've talked a little bit about, like, what I mean by this in in a sort of, like, general sense, but you want to get paid in something. And Mm -hmm. what I kind of wish I could get paid for, what I expect to get paid for this labor, is recognition. I want, people to respond to what I create. And ideally, I want them to respond positively. I want want them to like the thing that I made. Those are generally my expectations. When you were starting art Kyle, like what what were what were your expectations that making art would would be like? <sighs> Could travel back in time to when this was a major yeah. struggle, because like, like I said, like this is something that you and I are very familiar with. And we really grounded and rationalized what, what we expect to get out of it and what, what we're going to. But what was it like when you got started? Do you remember? Well, for a long time, I really didn't think I had any other skills. Mm. Uh,
1: so I, <laughs> like a, like a lot of things for me, uh i was i was motivated by fear um (laughs) of it well i i have this one thing that people have said i'm kind of good at i don't really think i'm good at anything else so i better get really good at this one thing and make something of it otherwise insert apocalyptic uh idea of the how my life would go um so i guess i expected some level of professionalism from it to eventually
0: come Mm -hmm. I was very idealistic about how others would respond to it. Mm. I had some very early success creating art and people around me, uh, especially on like at, at conventions, uh, my friend group and, and the early, early internet looking at it as this, this new thing that this new creator was creating and saying, Oh wow, that's cool. I like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, faded and kind of trained me wrong as a joke (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. it was very easy to get attention and recognition in the early internet and I didn't um, maintain it very well and Mm. it's been tough but not impossible to really gain and maintain a following sense. This was a real struggle about my expectations because I expected to easily find people who for whom my art resonated. Mm-hmm. I definitely my expectations were that that would be easy. So that being in in all realism much more difficult and certainly not automatic something that it's something that you have to put effort into and it's something I've honestly even to this day like still struggle about like what effort do I need to put in? what is the right way to do it as we've already talked about. Now one of the places where I was lucky, was the expectation that my art would be immediately good? Mm-hmm. That's one place where I was okay that my art wasn't perfect yet, or even that it was kind of bad because I was having fun making it. And that <laughs> helped helped that particular <laughs> that particular key point, that particular sticking point <laughs> quite a lot. So I had one one where I had like a disadvantage and one where I had a major advantage where, yeah, for, for it being good, I was very lucky that, no, it's fine if it's crap. I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. This feels good to do and I'm going to keep doing it.
1: Yeah, I guess I've sort of always had the idea of like, if I'm not good enough in whether it be the marketing aspect or the, the quality aspect, et cetera, et cetera, like it always felt very mathematical mm-hmm. that... Oh, I just would get better until it works. (laughs) Again, it felt like more survival when I was younger. I'm relatively young as far as a lot of people are concerned, but I already feel like I've wasted uh, way too much time on jobs that I hate. (laughs) I want to spend my very limited time on this earth using my labor towards a direction i actually enjoy i like that uh, I, there, there's definitely uh there, there would have been exceptions you know if i'd had the whole family thing that would have been a nice alternative i like i think i could put up with about any job if i was you know taking care of that thing but that's not really you know the way my life shook out mm. so i am instead just trying to find fulfillment in my career i guess my expectations are, are much more if it's not working now i'll make changes until it works <laughs>
0: going back in time and and basing this on like a lot of conversations i have with people about what they expect from their art i broke this down into four sort of families of expectations there's expecting your art will be the very loaded adjective good and so i choose that word because it covers is it do i consider my art to be of quality do is it did i create the thing that i wanted to create did i like employ all my lessons did i did i pay attention to craft do i think it's worth liking which is different from do i like it or do other people like it that first expectation i want to talk about is 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 your art good or do you expect it to be good the second is About other people's response to it. How will my art be received? I expect it to be received well. I expect it to, I expect other people to like it. I expect other, I expect it to be popular. That whole family of like, how do you expect your art will be engaged with by other people? The third is one that Kyle, you are intimately familiar with. I expect my art to be worth something now that can mean emotional or it can in a professional artist who's, you know, where, where creation is their livelihood, you know, is it worth money? And did I get money for it? And then the last one is, I think like I will argue tonight <laughs> that <laughs> it's, it's, it's the one that I think is healthiest to, uh, to focus on. Of, of all of these, now there's nothing wrong with with setting your expectations high, and there's not nothing wrong with oh hey I've put i put my time in I've put a lot of effort into this I expect it to be I expect this and that and what have you, but the expectation that the work of art you create will make you and others feel something. It's kind of like my plan for the evening. How does that How does that sit with you as a as a breakdown of expectations?
1: Uh, It definitely makes sense to me. What I I have to say, I think, will fit neatly within those conditions, so to (laughs) speak. Oh, good.
0: (laughs) What does it mean to expect that your art is good?
1: We've done a whole episode on that before, I believe. Mm -hmm. But in my case, does what I make match what was in my head when I set out making it? There's there's tears to that mm. uh, obviously, but that's a major qualifier I
0: use. So would you say that you expect your art to match what's in your head at this point, if with all all of your practice now? At this point, yes. Mm. How long did it take you to get there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Quite a while, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but I was always. Like I said, there's different tiers within Mm. that. Like, I've always been aware of what I am capable of. Mm. So there's been a level of, okay, uh, you know, this is there's where I'd like it to be and. What it looks like, according to the parameters I am capable of at my current power level, which is
0: 523. (laughs) I love I love power levels. They're dumb. I was remarkably forgiving to my own art uh, as 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 I was getting better, as I was like learning to draw and practicing to draw and having fun and and drawing what I, the the early comics that I liked drawing. I my intro mentions that I was drawing comics when I was seven, and I drew a little little short story in second grade about uh, about a, a Martian named Zero whose Z was backwards because he liked it that way. And he was a little blobby Mm -hmm. character and all the other blobby characters that were his friends were distinct in that they each had a different pattern. They were the same shape, but like one had dots and one had stripes and so on and so on. And they had a little adventure that they went on. That was very much already exactly what I wanted to create. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had created this little blobby thing on lined paper with a number two pencil. And I was like, yep, that's, that's right. That's that. That's the thing that's in my head that weirdly early, (laughs) like like meeting of expectations because my expectations were low because I was a child set me on a really good state (laughs) as far as like what I expect of my own art. Are you familiar with the colloquialism?
1: Your taste is always going to outpace your skill because you start, no matter how, uh, you know, uh, how old you are, you probably, in, you, you started engaging with media before you started creating media. Um, and I think you and I both seriously, like, started drawing quite young. So people who get started practicing and have something they want to make, but they they didn't really I I mean, for lack of a a better term, I don't really like the, the phrasing, but like for lack of a better term, people who didn't get serious about it when they were really young might be a little handicapped because their taste has had so much time to grow. Right. Independent of their skill.
0: Where I take it is the remarkably common scenario where I, uh, because, you know, when we did the drawing group, we had, we'd have like parents bring their kids in and we had the, 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 bit where we would like go to library, uh, the library events and, and teach people to draw and do and host drawing workshops. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the takeaways I, I got from that is observing that kids have no problem drawing. Mm-hmm. There's like, Hey, let's, let's do a drawing exercise. Okay. And then they just do it. But adults struggle terribly. And I think that is in line with that notion that you just said—that uh, that like your your taste outpaces your skill. When you're a kid, you don't—you have this imaginative abandon when it comes to creation. You haven't decided that your skills are this and that. You haven't locked in your character sheet, so to speak, which isn't actually how talent and skill works. <laughs> uh, we're told that that's how it works, but that's never actually the case. So, remarkably often we'd have people come to those like like you know drawing exercise or workshops that we were hosting and adults will be like oh i can't do that <laughs> with certainty <laughs> with absolute certainty oh i i already know that i can't do that i think like one of the most tragic ones is when uh, i remember like a teenager who was interested in comics uh, was brought to our 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 comic club by uh, his parents and i insisted that the parents join in the, in the group drawing (laughs) games that I, that I organized because I don't care if you're going to do this or not. This is something your child is passionate about. So put your pen on the paper and, and under feel it, understand it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) They did not care for that. Uh, They had absolutely like no interest in understanding what this world was about. But what's, more interesting to me is and i i do my best to like carefully approach this in those situations where it's like okay do you not want to draw is is this absolutely not interesting to you or do you want to draw but you've already decided you can't Mm -hmm. and so i don't want to pressure someone who just actually doesn't want to Except in that one case where it's like, oh, no, your your kid wants to be into this. You, you will be, too, because you came to my mm-hmm. place. <laughs> you came to my <laughs> arena. Everyone's learning how to draw. So that was that was a unique situation. But if you see me and my friends drawing and say, oh, I could I can't do that. I need to know. Do you not want to or do you want to but believe you can't? So I've got to ask a couple of questions to kind of like tease out if if this is which which one's the case. And obviously, if someone's just not interested, I let them go. But people have this expectation that if it's not going to be good when you start it from the beginning, it's impossible and not worth doing. Mm -hmm. And I take issue with that. You and I were very lucky that we both like got in young and and learned this 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 skill, you know, when when we still had our inhibitions low. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I've really tried to make it my my life's work, perhaps, <laughs> to let adults know, no, you're allowed to start this now. You're allowed to be bad at it. <laughs> it mm-hmm. you're Next drawing doesn't need to, in one try, satisfy all of your expectations and needs. You can just have one and it and it satisfy maybe a little of that. Heck, your next drawing doesn't even need to be better than the drawing that came before. No, you can you can kind of set. I mean, like, well, if 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 it's not, then what you end up doing is becoming consistent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or you're experimenting. It's a pretty
1: common sort of meme, I guess, in the artist community of looking back on your own art or your old art and hating it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't really like I've gotten to a point where I am at peace with my old art. When I say Mm. that, like OTL chapter one, I look back on that and there was a time where I really didn't like it. And now I'm still really proud of it. Man, I look back on things I drew when I was just getting started drawing when I was a kid and the drawings that I thought were so super cool Mm. and I was getting everything perfectly right. A big one, just drawing Dragon Ball Z characters. Oh, it's a great place Uh, to start! I had a whole book of how to draw Dragon Ball Z characters and I look at those and I'm like, oh god, these are awful. (laughs) And that's one of those taste things. I didn't really have taste back then, so I didn't know I was drawing it poorly. Getting into things now, if I'm drawing something and it's not looking good, I know it's not looking good and I'm able to correct and try again, so to speak, quicker. Yeah, it, it's it's just a way I've been inoculated for that particular
0: expectation problem, I guess. <laughs> did that make sense? Yes, it did. And I fished out an old sketchbook specifically for this conversational purpose. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at these winners right here. Uh, so proud of this one at the time. I yeah, mean honestly, fine. that's a
1: solid group shot. They're
0: <laughs> fine. They're fine. What is this? This this is this is probably nineteen ninety nine. Ninety-eight, maybe. Mm-hmm.
1: Shiny Zubat says, uh Yo I hardcore got caught by this. It was also a real struggle in college getting these sketchbook assignments done for my courses. Mm. hmm I always wanted them to be perfect, but I just didn't have the time or energy to
0: do so. It's another Part of this, I, I, I mentioned like expecting one piece of art to be everything, right? I think that that's a major trap because even after I can get an adult to put their pen on the paper and 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 draw a picture or five, right? They then run into the the practice problem. It's like what what's where's the fun in this? Where's the what am I getting out of one scribble or one sketch? What what am I getting out of like practicing to make the things look a little more? like you know what's in my head what and and so it becomes difficult especially for adults to say that practicing is worth it is that they're that they're getting anything out of it because it it can feel like you expect to put energy into something and get progress in return and when Mm -hmm. that progress is very small or that you need to put more work for less return it gets very discouraging especially for adults for whom time is precious real quick squirrel hard
1: brought up a great point uh, or a great great thing does the i hate my old work thing apply to written creative work as uh, hard i wonder visual art and music are a much more immediate feedback i think it absolutely works it, it's it absolutely is the case with the written work Uh, It actually is sharper to me with written work. I'm still not inoculated to reading bad fan fiction. You want to know one
0: of the really like frustrating ones? What? It applies to code.
1: (laughs) That's funny. It makes sense.
0: Like, um, a legacy code base is code that you arrived at. Uh, it's usually legacy usually means old code, um, -hmm. I have a saying in the industry which goes, uh, every coder, every, every software engineer hates the author of the legacy code base they are forced to work with, especially if it's themselves. <laughs> this is not unique to art. This is a very common lament. So if we can't expect our next drawing to automatically be amazing, how do we cope with that? How do we, how do we go forward? Well, if you have a
1: long term goal, a lot of uh, people I know who are get into to writing an art later, like they have a story they've always wanted to tell mm. and keep, keeping keeping eyes on the prize on that, I I do th- I think helps even if you're, you know, doing smaller stories on the side, smaller projects on the side while you're trying to build up to that. It's kind of like um, we, we've used the working out like metaphor before because yeah, it works but, like yeah, because it works. You're not going to go from zero to hero overnight. It's just not how it works. Mm. But like, this is kind of where the question you like asking, or you were asking people, do they want? Do you want to draw? Or just do you think you can't? Mm-hmm. If you don't want to draw, like, you're not going to have. You don't have a goal to get better at it, and that's fine. Like, not everyone needs to learn how to do this. I think it's a a great skill to to learn how to do. I think it gives you an appreciation for a lot of stuff in the world, not just art. It, uh, it's not going to be for everyone, I guess.
0: I don't think I'm too worried about our message being, you know, sent to people who don't want to draw because of the name of our podcast. <laughs> That's legit. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, it's not exactly our target audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Squirrelheart says with food it's uh, it's something that isn't good adding sugar salt and butter can make it make you like it anyway and 10 years later you still like it I, I, have either of you discovered a kind of artistic sugar butter salt combo that no matter what you still like the stuff when you made oh yeah oh uh, would you make it better yes when i switched from digital art to to traditional art ink on paper there were a couple things that just made it like oh even if it's not the best Like, you know, even if I mess something up, whatever, number one, I've got a physical object that exists in the real world now that I completed. I can frame them. And number two, using my catchphrase, art isn't something you're good or bad at. It's a toolbox that you keep adding tools to. One of my tools is ink texture, putting ink over the over the pencils. Right. Often like applying that ink texture makes an average looking thing look really nice. And the more that I've been able to, like, apply that rendering to something, the more that, like, oh, it didn't need to, it. I, you know, it's, it's better when, like, the underlying stuff is 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 perfect. But, like, even if the underlying stuff was, oh, I made a mistake or I didn't get the point perspective just right here, that that finish and polish helps. It helps the end thing still look like a nice thing. Now, you can lean on that as a crutch and make an entire career out of it that we will make fun of until the ends of time, Rob Liefeld. But, (laughs) but, you know, a little polish can go a long way. It can make a, an average thing better and a better thing. Great. So it doesn't fix it. doesn't fix it, but it takes it up like one notch.
1: For me, it's the chibi punchline is death proportions and the big swirly over caffeinated eyes. I really do. I I
0: really love your spooky eyes.
1: it's a really it's a really simple drawing style that I, you know, I guess I was always messing with it, mm-hmm. at least as early as high school, but didn't really like nail it down as a thing I did until like three years ago. Maybe mm. uh, whenever I whenever I released the first Punchline is Death Comics, I can't remember when that was. Oh, anymore. It was that but, was uh,
0: way longer than five years ago, five years or three years ago. Three years ago was COVID. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> time. Yeah, Time. But yeah, I've definitely got better at doing it. I my my little avatar, has, I'd say, changed significantly. But yeah, pop some swirly eyes on it, you know, give it a screamy face. And I've I've made a lot of art just with that, that I (laughs)
0: I really like. Let's talk about expecting others to resonate with what we create. We live in a media-rich society. There's tons to consume. And with advent of technology, there will be stuff we can consume that wasn't even created by a person. We can just have all the media we could ever want. What what what's gonna get anything that I make to get noticed by anyone? <laughs> it's a little daunting
1: actually (laughs) uh i've always stood by the principle that uh there's an audience for everything Mm. out there definitely reaching it can be tricky but we've been in an age of mass market media for a long long time now just because there's going to be even more flooding it i don't think that's going to affect people's tastes and a particularly negative way like independent art is actually stronger now than it's been in quite a while Mm. so yeah I, i think finding your people right you know you might make something that is has a lot of broad appeal to everyone but like if nothing else if you're making something there's a reason why you wanted to make it right there's at least one other person out there like you with your sense of humor or your taste for adventure stories or your you know particular brand of sci-fi there's gonna be someone else out there who likes your take and wants to see it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's never really been a question of if there's anyone out there for me. It's a question of how to find them.
0: Yeah. Uh, as I said earlier, I was trained wrong as a joke on this one where I had a lot of very early success in the very early internet with like being able to just mm-hmm. throw a thing out there and it get noticed and and get people to to respond to it positively. And my art was nowhere near as good then as it is now. So I kind of developed this expectation that this would be easy. That I could mm-hmm. just make the thing and and put it online and people would find it and share it and that it wouldn't take me any actual effort. That is not the case. Social media has evolved drastically since the very early internet and it takes work. Mm-hmm. It is its own unique skill. I'm actually looking at a uh, focusing on promotion for this next period in my artistic life uh the mm-hmm. next big project i want to work on is apart from getting pen on paper with my comics again is uh i'm rebuilding my website with some i'm g- pretty much going to keep the same design cuz i'm really proud of that design but i'm going to put some better tech in the background cuz uh the tech that i used uh, a a now dead framework called angular is notoriously terrible for search engine optimization like a, a mm-hmm. browser can or a, a, a search engine can't actually see most of the art on my page and so huh. like when when I did search results uh in in, uh, in incognito mode my website's just it, it, it finds the website like that but it doesn't show anything that's inside like none of my art is like like in the results so uh, yeah no uh, I plan to uh, fix that that's actually the next my next uh, big big project so there's some tears to this. The expectation is that you make the art and people resonate with it. I think that is a valid thing to expect because one of the reasons we make art is to communicate something. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why we choose media is because that media becomes part of our voice. We have our ability to speak and write in 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 a language. Uh, in our case, English. And English is actually quite robust, and it's got a lot of words in it that can mean a lot of things. But at some point, we start to say, oh, hey, I am having an experience in my life, and just saying them isn't enough to really share that experience with anyone. I want it to be understood at a deeper level than just talking, so I write. Oh, I want something different from writing, so we draw. I want want music. I want poetry. I want comics. I want a, a, a movie, right? We have our experiences, and we f- we gravitate towards a media that extends our ability to communicate our experience. So we're doing this to communicate. We want someone to receive that communication. So the expectation that people respond to it makes complete sense to me. But mm-hmm. there's challenges. Media-rich environment, uh, the ability to like be be discovered to to put it out there in a way that people can find, people can enjoy. I, it, you and I have gone to, to galleries before, mm-hmm. uh, gone to gallery exhibits and, and seen some, some f- fine art as a, as a proper noun, like a, as a, a <laughs> to, capital yeah, A art yeah. an art. Yes. Uh, the, um, mm-hmm. the kind of art that goes in museums is a, is a specific <laughs> type of art. Mm-hmm. Um, And I am always open for a conversation about what deserves to be in a museum. And I (laughs) have a very uh, relaxed opinion of that. I think what belongs in a museum is anything that can make an interesting exhibit. Anything. Mm -hmm. Don't even hate the Dadaists. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I bring this up because I love a good frame. The artist didn't typically create the frame around the painting. They chose the frame, or maybe someone down the line chose the frame and said, oh, this frame would really work well with this, with this, this painting. It's, it's, it's a little bit detached from the, the piece of art itself. Let's talk about the medium that you and I both focus on, comic books. Say we put them on a website. The, the, the layout of the website is the frame. Now, in that case, typically, we are much more engaged in that. Or we we put it on a gallery like uh, Webtoon, which has an established one. Oh, yeah, it's going to be in this format and it's going to have this border. Say we print it. What cover paper do we use? Do we draw the cover ourselves or do we hire a cover artist? What What's the typography of the title? These are all things that apply to the frame. And so I bring that up because that's. An external part to the creation that has a drastic and like effect on how people receive it, how people notice it, how people first engage with it. My point is that it's not fair to create a work of art and simply expect it to be to resonate with people with nothing else.
1: This it, it bleeds very much into my thoughts on marketing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, how do you get it? in a format in front of the people who are going to like it, who are going to give it a like second look. Like if if you're if your piece is in a museum and it's beautiful, but it's like tucked away in a corner in a lousy frame to the point where people think it's decoration for the museum and not part of the art installation, it might not reach the people that would like it. Um fun fact I have been to museum exhibits on uh, maybe that maybe that one a gallery i'm gonna say gallery exhibits mm-hmm. i'm not sure that mm-hmm. was really a museum uh,
0: yeah the presentation has been kind of poor like that i went and, to that exhibit with you <laughs> oh are you i, I th- if we're talking about the same one uh the was it the light show one. Oh, that one also had that that one problem. had that problem okay so you've been to multiple i have been to multiple ones that yeah. have this problem too
1: it's definitely a, uh, a, a, if your work isn't quote unquote resonating with people, it, it might be a presentation uh, issue rather than an issue with your art.
0: Hence why right about now, the funk soul brother, I am kind of shifting gears from making things to promoting things. And it's actually, honestly, something that I haven't dedicated time to. Mm-hmm. I think I, I am so eager to make things that often I will neglect promoting them. Now, I have promoted them and uh, to to varying levels of success. uh, Kickstarter 1 that passed and Kickstarter 2 that failed. Those were done, both of them, were done in a a mad rush to, okay, now, promote now, promote now, 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 now. Now is the time to promote, promote now, which was exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm looking to do right now is focus on promotion in a calm way in a sustainable way see if i could create better tools uh establish better um social media habits uh and make sure i'm using habits that like i can keep up with which is a major problem i have <laughs> yeah
1: Man, that sounds real nice <laughs> to do something cal- <laughs> something calmly ever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I I definitely realized my social media and my marketing. I kind of I feel like I should probably try and go for a shift in perspective, akin to what you are mm. <laughs> planning.
0: Gonna hand the reins to you for a moment, because. Mm-hmm. I would like you to talk about what is it like to expect to make money with your art? Okay. Well, there was definitely a bit of a road getting here. I
1: was doing commissions for favors and for free long before I started taking money from it. And it actually took it took people telling me Mm. that I should be charging for things before I actually started charging for things. Mm. And keep in mind, this is with me, you know, expecting an artistic career at some time in the near future. This is still when I was working at the bank when when this is happening. But yeah, I, I did a handful of commissions. I, I designed an album cover for a friend. Yeah, that, that was all for free. And they were like, you know, you can't ask for money. I'm like, no, 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 you're too cool. No, I can charge you. I was like, I have a budget for this, Kyle. And I just, I wasn't hearing any of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know at what point I really, like, when it got through or when I reached a point in my career where I'm like, okay, no, I want to start gathering money for this. I mean, like I didn't really do commissions like advertised actively, I guess solicit would be the word for them until I was self-employed. And that was even a few, like quite a, quite a ways in when I realized Patreon wasn't quite, you know, jumping up to, to salary numbers Yeah, yeah <laughs> as yeah, quick yeah, yeah. as I had, uh, expected isn't the right word as quick as i'd hoped <laughs> but i guess like at a certain point i i i, I switched to flip and uh <laughs> just kind of decided to start treating when i made art the same way i would treat going into the office mm. i guess like i'm i'm doing it for a purpose and that purpose is to get paid and sure i the, the, the big difference Simply being, I now actually like what I'm doing <laughs> rather as opposed to going into the office. Yeah.
0: Yes, I, I am not a professional artist by definition. I, I am not pursuing it right now actively as my living. But what I do know is artists have a dire problem with undercharging. Mm hmm. When I was in art school, there was a like one There was sort of a business for artists class that emphasized charge what you're worth. And Mm -hmm. you'll hear me use that language, particularly when I'm doing the Kickstarter bit where we'll see comics that just want a couple of hundred dollars, which is like, oh, yeah, you're just trying to get it printed. You just Mm -hmm. want to pay for printing and you're done. And then we'll see stuff that's asking for five figures. And I'm like, oh, you're asking for what you're worth. And that's Mm -hmm. all that's what I try to use, you know, that phrasing when I see something with a very high goal, because it's like, oh, no, you put professional energy into this. You should get paid for that professional energy.
1: There's definitely on the note of just like charging what you're worth. Like I've been hemming and hawing for about a month and a half now about raising my commission prices. Uh, And I think it's I think it's time to do that, frankly. Mm -hmm. But there's that worry of like works already pretty pretty light right now and that's part of why i need to raise commission prices but so i'm like worried oh no if i raise prices they'll dry up even more mm-hmm. but at the same time like i'm i'm putting a lot of effort into into these drawings and i need to expect by ratio a portion of my rent to be paid by them yes
0: <laughs> you know and and
1: with rent going up so do the prices and
0: as you spend more time as a professional artist, as a person who delivers on commissions, you have a grander portfolio of said work. You have more to show that you say, oh no, I not only am I a good artist who draws well, but I'm also a professional commission artist and I have a increasing track record of delivering what you hired me to do. And that Mm -hmm. is worth a little bit more. Mm -hmm one of the things I really appreciate about the the art community on Twitch is that there's a like it's a very positive culture in terms of supporting commission based artists, supporting, uh you know, artists asking for what they're worth. The vibe in this specific arts community is is very much around. No, art is worth something. Mm-hmm. And and I really appreciate being a part of this community. Honestly, let's gear towards a finale here. What do you expect your art to feel like to yourself and to others? Something that only I
1: could have made, mm. I guess. Mm. And I think that's the same answer for both for me and for others. I, I, I do want people to look at my stuff and be like, "Ah, oh, this is a
0: good thing by Kyle Newbridge and clearly no one else. I really can't disagree with that. I think that (laughs) really like if I had a different answer, you kind of swayed me towards that. I think (laughs) I love as an art consumer, I love diverse voices. It's why I do the Kickstarter bit. It's why like like indie comics are the medium I love to consume is because I can find whole pieces of art, whole visions created by very different people very Mm -hmm, diverse mm -hmm. people. I can find stuff by people who are similar to me, but from this point of view, I can find pieces of art that are, that are made by people who are of a different background, a different, different ethnicity, a different gender. I can, I can find like what, what is beautiful in art to me is the different perspective. And so this little scribble I did while drunk with friends on a napkin at a bar that made us all laugh. <laughs> That's a special thing. And mm-hmm, it didn't mm-hmm. need to be good. It certainly didn't make money. <laughs> uh, but it got, a, it got an emotion across and we all laughed at it. It's a little, little moment that I captured like a snapshot. I love what even a little scribble can make somebody feel. Mm-hmm. And while we can attach tons and tons of expectation to why we're making art, what our big goals are, what our short term goals are, what we want this piece to be. The little things that jump out of one little tiny piece of art can be so special. And each person that puts the pen on the paper and creates something is going to create something different something special something unique and that's why (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. that's that's where i feel like we should put our expectations first is what if i just did something fun and and it it gave me a feeling and and then i shared it with a friend and that friend also had a feeling yeah i uh (laughs) shiny
1: zubats uh in chat said Something that effectively communicates my experience of
0: life, which I think is very much in the same vein of what I said. At the start, I asked, what do you expect from your art? So now I want to ask, what do you get from your art, Kyle?
1: I get things that only I could have made. (laughs) (laughs) And also some dollars sometimes. (laughs) Roughly like 75% of what I need to live this this year. (laughs) That's progress. Uh That's more than zero.
0: (laughs) I actually get a lot of it, which is why I've kept at it. With all the experience that I've got now, having been doing this for most of my life, I really do feel like uh, when I create something, it's what I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. So I got that going for me. I struggle to see it. It's really tough for me to see it. But people definitely respond positively to the things that I create. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I can improve that with better letter better promotional practices but no like the for the creation itself yeah people respond wonderfully to the things that I create and and it it makes me happy and boy do I love finishing something boy does it like getting a (laughs) getting a piece of work like even that's why I love comics oh it's a lot of reasons why I love comics (laughs) but like I can finish a page and maybe I didn't finish an entire book or an entire story, but I, that is a that is a piece of completed artwork. That is some solid progress, and I love the feeling of solid progress.
1: Man, did I say on the show? The, so I, I I know I've talked about my dumb process for this issue of How this light, but did I? explain to you the rush that i felt when i finally got to finish a page for the first time in like you
0: you six did months. know we had a segment about that <laughs> we absolutely did talk about that one. Oh <laughs> uh, god uh, that's rough buddy <laughs> the dopamine So I got a nice little little wrap-up prepared you got anything else nope i think that's it for me there's a lot of reasons why we make art there's a lot of reasons there's a lot we want back from our art but like no one piece of art is going to give us everything we want in return all the big rewards come from practice and perseverance so i say try to love each step in the journey let each work of art even the casual little sketchbook doodles let them feel like a tiny accomplishment in their own right because you created something remember to let yourself feel that Today is December 7th, 2023. I'm Jer. This is Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Hello. And we're going to look at some comics on Kickstarter because that's where good comics come from. You know, the, the cool ones made by diverse artists. The first one that I found today is called Guts 2023, a wrestling comic. The legacy of the luchador returns to the ring. Oleana Murphy is determined to wrestle her best now that she's in the big league of Stormforge, juggling a new training routine, a similar, a simmering, a simmering rivalry and the pressure of her predecessor can only balance it all and emerge victorious in the most important debut of her career. That's a good, solid pitch. This is created by Amy Galloway, aka Hesitant Doodle. It is the third volume. You can get a catch up. Uh, there's a catch up tier for uh, thirty two bucks US to get uh, to get the whole the whole series. This is it's a lucha comic. You're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> wrestle you. I'm looking at soft colors, actually, like almost pastel, which it's kind of like not what I expected from the from like a a a a, a comic about wrestling, but. Oh, that's a luch—that's a luchador lady. She's ready to do some flips. Really love the bo- body positive characters. We've got a few. There's just a little bit of art on the page here, but enough to really get an idea across that, like, oh yeah, these are these are some some human shaped humans, and I love it. Uh, did the our our luchador character is okay? So so Kyle, you know you know when someone is strong in like Marvel or DC, especially like a lady, right? Yes. You know that 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 statuesque sort of shape that they all are cuz there's like it's uh-huh. like it's like the body yeah. type. Uh no, this looks like a lady who what is actually strong though. <laughs> She's a very big lady. She's got like you know, muscle and 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 like the shape of actually strong body and she looks great. I love her nutridor mask. mass has got kind of like a uh it's it's like dark red and and almost grayish blue with uh it almost like um like a wolf like a wolf bone fang on the front uh, a little little skeleton-y but not like entirely skeleton and i'm looking at the cover and it looks like this is like her current form because like i said this is the third like the third uh the third volume of this and it wouldn't be a wrestling comic without costume changes and you're, you're right Ah, uh, it's super good. I'm just feeling the big kayfabe action from this, so I'm I'm excited to like actually dive into this. Uh, and and, and you like uh, you look at this little crowd scene. It's just like um, d- d- details when we need it, simple when we don't, and it's just enough to get the idea across. And uh, but when we have the details, they're fabulous. Like really cool characters. They just they, it seems very full of life. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is from Glasgow, UK. Uh, and so, translated into American dollars, uh, we are looking—we f- were looking for uh, a little over twelve hundred, and we've almost made fourteen hundred. So we've met our goal with forty-two backers, and still like two weeks to go at time of reading. Congratulations! That seems pretty cool and good to go. Next up, how did you do uh, Inktober this this year? I started doing Inktober this year. I have, and then got too busy. I have tried Inktober once, and I got about twenty-eight days in. That is a dedication, and it's tough for me because usually I have a long-form like project going. But so does uh, Dan Harris. Uh, Dan Harris has a big project going on. Uh, they work on a uh, a comic called Inky's Adventure. But they took uh, some time, uh, this uh, 2023 Inktober, to, to draw their characters going on a nice little uh, noir ad, uh, murder adventure called uh, <laughs> Noir City Murderers. Noir City Murders, an Inktober mystery. Inky's Adventures presents a story told using the daily prompts for Inktober uh, 2023. So what they did is they, they took their characters from their webcomic, and then use the inktober prompt list to write each panel of of the mystery as it unfolds uh dream spider's path dodge map and so on so that that drives our narrative like here we see our characters here this little uh silhouette. it almost looks like an alien He kind of got like big black glassy eyes and kind of like a a, a smooth head with a couple of spikes that I guess recommend like suggest hair and his friend, an armadillo, also a cop. He's got a badge and they just walked into a bathroom and says, dream a little dream of me. And I bet you that was the dream one. Uh, And this guy got murdered by a dream catcher. (laughs) It's stuck in his head. Uh, really fun cartoony characters like it's uh, it's clearly like a one-off story based on a long-running webcomic so everyone's like really established and so if you if you follow the story then then you're like oh hey it's that guy and he's doing some fun stuff but like I I, I the, this is actually very new to me but I, I it's very easy for me to just jump in and see what's going on here and uh, simple shapes big expressions and surprisingly detailed like this guy's got some tattoos on his arm and like yeah no they uh for as simple as the shapes are the details really go nuts. Nice yeah again totally met its goal uh it's also uk based translated into american dollars we were only looking for a little over 1200 and there we're at 2500 nailed it chip it uh and again uh two weeks to go on this one now for elliot uh duke estrada and crew uh we're gonna look at hellforged uh arthurian fantasy meets cosmic horror That's a good uh, I can't wait to get to like the punchline of this description. I fucking love it. I am super about it. Let me read about this. Hellforged is the story of a teenager named Liz who is living in New York City with her father, the fabled wizard Merlin. You heard of him. I heard of him. Pretend they're pretending to be normal people in 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 the modern United States stranded on Earth after an accident transported Merlin and Liz to our world when she was a baby. Liz has grown up only knowing uh, what Mer- Merlin has told her about their home, the kingdom of Camelot and the benevolent uh, King Arthur. After a mysterious force brings Liz Merlin and Liz's best friend, Calvin, to the world of Camelot, Liz discovers that it's actually a nightmarish hellscape overrun with terrifying beasts that serve a world consuming primordial evil. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. This evil is an extra dimensional being known as the all dark, and he is possessed and corrupted King Arthur and Camelot beyond salvation. This is just the tip of the iceberg of the many lies that Merlin has told Liz, uh, in hopes of keeping the truth of what she is from her. And the description tells us what she is. Liz is not a person. She is the soul of Excalibur given physical form. That's a dope premise that's a Mm -hmm. good one (laughs) that's hype as fuck i love it uh i i I fucking love this okay let's talk about let's talk about the art uh this is a squad this is a good good old crew that came together here so it's written by uh elliot uh uh, duke estrada art by uh rafael forte color by sarah Inianello. Uh, letters by Becca Carey and edited by Dan Young. So we got a whole crew together to put this uh, to to make to make this happen. Uh, really clean, really professional Western industry style art. Uh, really distinct characters and creatures. I love this tree guy. This tree guy looks great. This particular character style, uh, I, I, I see it in in sort kind of like the Western style uh, indie comics a lot, where you get like just a really good face and hair and and like you know give some uh it's uh how do i say it like like just there's texture on the hair and then like the clothing the the costume designs are we've got some some arthurian stuff but like even in the way that these characters look in their modern era clothing they're just like they got some they got some style going on here someone on the illustration team actually does have a sense of the drip Full use of color, like you know, you get like a really professional colorist going on and and you just like have color shifts to set mood, to define character, like just the full gamut of like using color correctly. It very, very professional work here. And it's it's putting together like a finished piece that's like what a what a cool concept. Um and we were talking about this uh, earlier in the show, where like I love it when when artists ask for what they what they're worth. We're asking for what we're worth. We're looking for uh, eighty five hundred, and we're getting there with one hundred and twenty four backers. I think they they know what they're doing here. Uh, we're almost at six thousand, so well on our way. Still a, uh, about a week and a half to go, so about ten days to go. Um, so it's just a, just a little more. But dang, what a cool project. That's the comic shop for this week. Kyle, where can people find links? There will be links in the show notes as well as on your website. Which is Jer.art. Just go to uh, that website and click on Jer's crowdfunded comic shop. You'll find links to these and all the comics that I've talked about on the show. Hey, you want to talk about comic book I read? Yeah. Kyle, do you feel happy but want to feel bad?
1: Most of the time. uh. Eh. Yes, that's not really how it works, yeah. but go on.
0: <laughs> Did you ever watch um a TV show called The Wire? No, actually. So this isn't explicitly like The Wire. Uh, I'm talking about Green Zone Life in the Blocks. Um, I have, as usual, lost my notes and found them. Here we go. <laughs> so uh this is primarily created by an artist and writer by the name of Fish Lee. And then uh, Flat Collars by Hannah Shane Kui and edited by Chuck uh, Pin- Pinot and Lori Foster. This is a comic to make you feel bad. Do you, you've, you've heard of a superhero before? Uh, once <laughs> yeah. or twice. The, and superheroes tend to like have this larger than life experience. They're the, the big, glamorous heroes. They're super cool. They're just above us all. We get some dark superheroes. We got like your Omni Man or, um, Or the boys where the superheroes are are bad guys, right? But they're still kind of larger than life. They're still these huge, they're evil and they're assholes and they're bad, but they're still like these big, huge characters, right? Mm -hmm. This is the world where people who were born with superheroes can go live in this designated slum now and do not have basic human rights. So already talking a little bit like the X-Men, but this kicks it up a few notches. This is not <laughs> a good world. It's it's kind of like the X-Men and, and their push for equality has failed. Now hmm. we're living in that world. So um, if you want to be a citizen with regular default human rights, but you are a person born with superheroes and probably don't look human probably look kind of different from a human like our main character uh, Virgil Green who is a large lizardman you will be living in a de- the designated genome slums they're called n- gnomes for short good good fantasy slur <laughs> as as fantasy <laughs> slurs come yeah, if you want to get out of the slums and have basic uh, human rights, including voting voting rights, uh, you need to serve five years as a police officer. Kyle, how does that sound to you? Awful. It's the worst. That's really bad. They look different. They have superpowers. Uh, one of our characters is a, is a porcupine lady. She has quills instead of hair. Virgil has the magic power to cry blood. That's a Superpower. That's what he's got. He is also enormous. He is a large, large lizardman. But one of the very key points here is that if your genome is less than fifty percent human, you are classified as livestock. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty, pretty bleak. <laughs> it's very bleak. It is not great. And, um, and weirdly fortunate for our hero, um, Virgil is actually 88% human, which is more human than the other three, uh, 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 genome cops in his, in his, um, in his inaugural class. So what follows is their first day on the job. It's bad. It goes unwell for everyone. What a what a dark, bleak, painful take on superheroes. It's <laughs> miserable, and I love it. It goes some places I wish X-Men ever did. And X-Men went some places. Let's be uh-huh. real. But this is going to the wire places. This is like despite them being superheroes and l- giant lizardmans the experience that they're going through is painfully human like the worst that humanity is actually capable of and like the bad things that happen to them the reason why they hurt so bad is because none of them are a supervillain exploding a city with a laser it is human beings treating them badly and and the writing is spectacular because like Everything a person does in this story, despite them being the bl- bl- lizardmen with, with superpowers, every action is a human action. Everything that somebody does is something a human, I believe that a human being could do, even the bad things. And it it just kicks you in the gut. And I'm really interested to see more of this world unfold because it's it's a really human story told with superheroes. And I love it. It is created by Freestyle Comics uh, that is spelled with a K. And you can go to the website fsknow, F-S-K-N-O-W uh, dot com to uh, to get a look at Green Zone, Life in the Blocks, and some other comics made by this team, uh, these creators. Really huge talent. Fantastic. And that's my recommendation this week. Hi, doing, Kyle? Oh boy, this year has... I mean, really, the last
1: five years have kind of just gone in a blur for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel we have entered interesting times to a very high degree. Mm -hmm. Most of the times that I have lived in have been interesting times, but wow, these last few years have, have peaked. Been a little bit too interesting for my liking.
1: Yeah, I uh, feel like I quoted this in anachronistic or something. But, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I, you know, very much dreamed of, you know, being in Lord of the Rings or like Star <laughs> Wars or a billion other like fantasy stories with much more interesting worlds, because, man, real life was just so boring. And then my life got real interesting real fast. The monkey's paw curled. <laughs> i to go back, I'm to go back, <laughs> make life boring again.
0: There's a conversation I had with Kodigan uh, the other day, which basically was like, yeah, times sure are interesting, <laughs> but we were here for almost the entire history of video games. Uh huh. That's all right. I'm not going to say that that is a fair trade, but it's a consolation at minimum. It's a silver lining. (laughs) I am glad I was here for the advent of the internet and video games. That has been actually kind of nice to be part of. I'm tired. (laughs) Aren't we always? Aren't we always? I love that. That's just the default emotion of our times. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like tired is the most relatable emotion, especially for fictional characters.
1: Oh man, I was having a conversation with someone. Right, I, we were talking about anxiety, and my friend said she only gets anxious when she's tired, and I just had this like, but you're always tired. Wave of realization <laughs> over myself. I'm like, that's why I'm always anxious because ah, I'm also always tired. It's a self, it's a self fulfilling cycle.
0: It it might be um (laughs) life is so exhausting these days says uh says shiny zubats
1: it uh definitely doesn't help that i'm still on indiana time zone um which is i would consider more of a virtue than a punishment because i generally prefer to get up earlier and go to bed earlier like i feel better when i'm doing that but like it also means that i'm uh you know getting to like Ah, oh, it's time for me to go to bed at like eight
0: forty-five. <laughs> I have the opposite problem. I've been sleeping like garbage poop ass. <laughs> oh, no. I have been sleeping super bad. No, my sleep has been turbo poop, and uh, now I've got this. I know how to handle it. I'm I am mm. a I am a professional insomniac. <laughs> I know how to. I'm. Uh, I know insomnia well. It's insomnia is an old friend. uh, To to paraphrase Doctor Strange, (laughs) I so uh, take it away.
1: As per my um, sleep schedule change, I was in Indiana for like two weeks. Part of my trip was helping my parents clean out their basement. Part of what got cleaned out was my N sixty four stuff, which classic game systems. Yep, uh, i I'd, I'd been kind of planning on trying to sell uh sell my N sixty four, but like it, so it was the first thing I ever saved my own money to buy. If that makes sense. So I did have no, like yeah, a little bit on. of a. I I had a I had a bit of an emotional attachment to it, but like ultimately I care more about the games I played on it than the plastic itself. Yeah. So I figured, yeah, I'll, I I don't really want it in my place. My parents want to clean out their their basement. I'll, I'll say goodbye to this. I figured yeah. eh, I'd get maybe a hundred bucks out of it. You know, something probably took it to this used game collector's store and got pff, like almost five hundred dollars.
0: <sighs> yeah, it's actually worth something now, isn't it?
1: Uh-huh. Two hundred dollars of that was the box it came in.
0: Yeah, 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 no, yeah. That shit's worth bank if you got it. Yeah, because everyone so, threw the box away. Yeah. <laughs> That's so that was fantastic. Great. That's super good. Definitely didn't
1: solve all my uh, yearly income problems. But boy, howdy, did it take the edge off?
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How else were your travels?
1: Uh, I mean, overall, it's Indiana. I don't really like going there most of the time. It was nice to see my family. And I spent a day in
0: Indianapolis with some friends, so that was nice. Man, they really just kind of like naming convention to their city, didn't they? Uh, their their capital city, didn't they?
1: I mean, it's better than calling it Indiana City.
0: That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs>
1: I'm, 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 in fact, glad it wasn't Indiana City. Uh, Chinese Zubats, I think, also wants me to bring up that another big old bin full of... Uh, Pokemon McDonald's and Burger King toys, mm. and uh, I I actually sold those to Chinese students in school because nice they would actually enjoy them. I like toys.
0: My um oh 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 yes one sec. This is um a bit of a visual thing, so I'll have to describe it with my words for anyone listening as as a podcast. But we're talking about Pokemon toys. I'm placing on uh, my camera on stream my current collection of little the tomy pokemon figurines. I know you know cuz you've ridden in my car before. I used to have a set of these guys on the dashboard of my car. Mm-hmm. And uh, several months ago, there was a prowler in our garage that managed to get in and take all of my my little tomy uh, figurines off of my dashboard. Such a dick move. <laughs> it is the dickest of moves. So the collection is getting close to repaired. So Torterra actually was dropped on the ground. So Torterra escaped capture by Team Rocket. (laughs) So this is actually the original Torterra that I had. The first two that I had to get that I had to recollect were were Isle and Flygon, my my number one and number two. Mm Mm-hmm so i've managed to get a few more i've got my melodic back i've got my uh my luxray back and oh i don't remember this is it this, it's the second evolution of raboot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't remember uh, he got a little he got, a, he's got i think a, that is i think that is, is raboot because it's yeah. it's
1: score bunny raboot and cinderace
0: yeah 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 so yeah raboot is here so i'm missing three I'm missing pre Marina, um, which I actually thought I found a pre marina, but it's actually a little really itty bitty teeny tiny one. And so if I get if I can find a pre marina, then I've got my my my, my starter trio like reads re- reset. And then the last two that I'm missing from my from my main six is Breloom and Linune. Hmm. Uh Lenune being my R2D2. My my um my worker my worker friend, did you ever watch? Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm hundred percent sure that that Zubats has. I'm curious if you have, Kyle. The animation of it about about uh, Badoof. There's like an official cartoon. I, I know
1: the one you're talking about. I don't remember if Bidoof's I've seen it myself or just heard everyone talk about it.
0: <laughs> Badoof's big day or Badoof's big break or something like that. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Company, how dare you! How dare you make me feel those feelings about Badoof? <laughs> how dare you? That it was it was better than it should have been. That cartoon you should watch it because it it makes me mad how much it makes me like Badoof. Because <laughs> the the story is about Badoof is totally just the worker dude. He's mm-hmm. he's on the team to bite through like the tree and all he wants in life is a high five. <laughs> he doesn't even want to be the strongest Pokemon on the team. He just wants a high five. And so he comes, they pops out of the ball and, and trainers are, Hey, could you cut down that tree for me? Yeah. Go, all right, fine. Can I get a high five? Ignored cut to the, the elite six, the other five Pokemon on the squad are KO'd. (laughs) And he's up against fucking something huge. I don't remember what it was. Something that a Bidoof would never fucking beat. (laughs) And and it's just like, oh, oh no, this is a real thing that happens in those games. (laughs) Uh Oh no, I need to use my worker dude to get one hit. I need one hit to win this. Dude, use rollout. Please, that's our only shot. (laughs) Just (laughs) touch him. Just touch him once and we win the Pokemon League. (laughs) And so Badoof, who has no combat experience, is like, I I guess. (laughs) It's so real if you've ever played the game uh-huh because you've been there it's real <laughs> and yes it's it's tense as fuck Badouf does touch him they do win the match and Badoof gets his high five it's actually good <laughs> it, it it's it's so maddening <laughs> that the, the the short film about Badoof is as good as it is
1: and uh my pokemon toy news i also was given a lilip sitting cutie for christmas um which lilip has quickly become my second favorite pokemon interesting mainly because of the uh, pokemon ttrpg thing it's a dumb little fossil plant and the little the sitting cutie has perfect like no thoughts head empty (laughs) like head bobbing energy And then the, the kingler I've I've had for streams for a while uh, was also a sitting cutie so they match. what What do you mean by that sitting cutie? It's a particular type of blush.: Oh got it. So it's getting cold now:
0: I know it's also dark. It's dark most of the time. I have to I have to not complain about it because mm-hmm. I did elect. To move to the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, and to make it my home. And it is simply the way that the sun works here. So, like, Mm -hmm. I I have for I, I don't care if anyone else complains about it, that's fine. I have elected for my own authenticity that I am not allowed to complain about. It getting dark early because because I made a choice and here I am. And I want to I want to love the place for what it was. But other people are allowed to.
1: Uh, I, I knew what I was signing up for when I mm-hmm. moved here. But I I still, you know, I, I'm fine until about March. <laughs> when, when this, when it's still this in March, that's when I'm going to start losing my mind a little bit. Uh, uh, well, that's when it starts to lighten up. Literally, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Not every year. <laughs> and, it seems to be this way till about June for me most of the time. But uh, I, I bring this up because you know my my house has never been greatly insulated for a long time. Back at my my parents' house, which it was in Indiana, which gets far far colder than here does, honestly, um, I had like this this uh, mattress cover, electric mattress cover, blanket thing. That it goes on top of your bed, you plug it into a wall, and you press a button; it gets warm, and that it was all right. it was great. And my parents sent it to me, and I for like I've had it for years, and just thought, oh, my bed now is just so much bigger than the bed I had back then. There's no way it fits, and I didn't even mm-hmm. bother to check. I decided to check this year, It absolutely fits. And oh my god, it's the best thing ever! I've been having a hard time getting out of bed because it's so comfy. So that makes
0: me happy. Do you know what? I've always wanted and I've just never gotten around to acquiring for my own self a weighted um, blanket. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, so Now I want to know what you were going to guess, because I didn't actually plan, like, a... <laughs> uh, I
1: was going to say something bullshit, like a uh, combo microwave blender hybrid.
0: Uh, Cody says that they bought themselves a birthday Christmas present, got an underdesk treadmill. That's dope. That's yeah. cool. That's, a, like, uh, exercise equipment is, like, a, um... No, uh, Cody and I were talking about it and, and wondering whether it's whether it's worth putting the money in for it. And I, I gave the advice that like, OK, it is an incredibly common situation where you as an adult buy a piece of exercise equipment for your house and then it like you never touch it. You touch it like once and then it just collects dust for three months. So like my advice on this matter to Cody and to anyone that is considering it was the new year and New Year's resolutions coming up. The possibility of a um, uh, an exercise, a piece of exercise equipment. Um, Before you buy it, figure out how you would sell it. Mm. Like, okay, did this not work? Did I never use it? Oh, there's this here's the here's local exercise equipment trade group that's like so oh yeah, you yeah, uh I need I need I need a that please. And so, okay, no, I already have that bookmark so that when when I get it, if if I never used it, then I know how to get rid of it and get maybe like a, a couple of bucks back for it, right? That's how I say one should buy exercise equipment. That makes a lot of sense. And I kind of came up with that like talking to Cody about this specifically where, how deep into Baldur's gate are you?
1: Uh, I have started act three, but only only started. I am getting to the
0: what's it tower. So you remember we, y- you, me uh, and, um, and Gecko. Uh, we, we set up like a little like, Hey, let's, let's fuck around a bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's, let's do a, uh, let's do a second run and just, just be, be goblins and really just use it as an excuse to hang out. And um, I, I chose Ranger for that. Mm-hmm. So I want to take Will to the tower because we got to go rescue his papa, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've realized is I don't like playing as a warlock, and so for the first time, I am I am respecing one of my origin characters from from their from their actual chosen goal. I considered turning uh, Shadowheart into a paladin. But that's before I realized I can I can spec her with um, uh, for for heavy armor. And mm-hmm. so and so now she is impossible to harm. I have a Moby tank goth <laughs> and I like my Moby tank goth. It's actually very useful for a lot of situations. Uh, what do you do? I just spontaneously create buddy cop weapons <laughs> just nonstop. Hey, how many buddy cop weapons do you want? I'll keep making them. So yeah, like I I'm learning more about why cleric is actually super duper badass. So, um mm-hmm. that's good. But I actually I I just don't get warlock and I don't get why warlock yet. So, someday I'll get back to that. I haven't used Will too much, but
1: I actually ended up dual specking him with uh, as a bard lock, so half bard, half warlock. Um and made him just entirely support Mm. Uh that's actually been real fun. But I, I, I don't get pure
0: war like myself either, honestly. Yeah, so I uh I I, I took uh, Asterion out uh mm-hmm. to to put will in, uh which is the first time I've taken Asterian out. And so uh the, the main thing, you know, Asterion does the backstabs and, and the sneak arounds. And uh I and the other main thing I put on Asterion is he's 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 my bow user, so he he shoots the arrows. Uh so I was like, okay, the whole reason I played a ranger in our in our goblin run is because I want to learn ranger. Mm-hmm. And so I I I, I spec Will as a ranger and like and, and go and catch up. I'm level seven, so I catch catch the levels up to level seven. And I was like, I'm not excited about this. And the main reason is because, yeah, you. I, I want a bow specialist. And I know um, uh, Joe Cat says, just play a fighter with a bow. It's better. But lots oh, um, of D&D. <laughs> the the other problem is like my actual my actual Tav is uh, is a uh, is a druid. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love playing druid. I love it. I am very happy with with my with my druid capabilities. Uh, so we, I'm, I'm, uh, why do I need more re- druid spells? That's, I don't, I don't need druid spells. So, uh, I, lo and behold, go all the way back to the beginning and respect him as a bard.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting that bard does seem to be pretty popular for Will. But why? Well, okay.
0: When he wanted to flirt with me, he said, Hey, let's dance. That's yeah. Yeah. And and he's a little bit swashbuckler-y. He's the Blade of the Frontiers. He's got actually more bard energy than than warlock energy. And the main, I think, like, most of the reason why he's a warlock is because it was necessary for, like, his plot to, to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the entire story around who he is and what he's got to do is because he is a warlock. But... His personality is way more barred because uh, *Baldur's Gate* was very much like uh, a, a an goodening of my D and D understanding. Mm. I've gone back to uh, to Joe Cat. Do you know Joe Cat? I, I'm familiar, but not yeah, super. Um, I, I would I would take a take a hey if if you're if you're just kind of like in a in a uh I need a lightweight new media that I can complete easily. Mm -hmm. Joe cats series uh, where he explains how to, how to play each class in D &D, and D is fantastic. It's, it's silly, stupid fun. It's actually informative. Um, And, and like Bard is like the second one he does. And he really emphasizes yo bardic inspiration is broken. (laughs) It's busted. So respecking Will as just a whole ass bard, uh, give him college. I think I did college of valor because I still wanted him to have a bow. And college of blades is not bow; it's blades. So, mm-hmm. um, so I I actually would him high decks because I want to shoot arrows mostly all day, mm-hmm. um, and and then occasionally cast a bard spell. Yeah, um, that's not a bad build. It's a weird build, and I wouldn't actually recommend it if you're min maxing. But it's it's a fun build for what I want to want to Will to do. Mm-hmm. um and yeah so he shoots lots of arrows all day good great and 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 inspires everyone and inspiring is super fucking great it's
1: super fucking great my weirdest one was definitely i turned shadow heart into a rogue monk you told me about this one that that also like <laughs> she's a she's a tiny murder machine yeah
0: you know, uh, I, I'm uh, we, we've discussed Asterian and I think like both of our stances on Asterian are, are very specific <laughs> <laughs> and valid. Um, but there is like one piece of the Asterian puzzle that like I didn't have uh, when we had that conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've reached this point in the story and and heard uh, the the his his uh, voice actor talk about this a little bit more. Part of the reason why he's so fucked up is because he is an abuse survivor. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> and I didn't know that. And uh, and as that story is coming to light, I'm like, OK, there's no excuse for some of your behavior, but. um, There's a little bit more sympathy for what you've been through. I'm very interested to see where it goes. Are we about ready to wrap up? I think we are. How about I give us an outro? Go for it. One drawing won't change the world, but it'll make you feel something. And you won't know what that drawing will feel until you draw it. So you should draw it. You probably won't die.